Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, growing in the organizing and productivity profession brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Every episode, we will learn from NAPO members and subject matter experts as they share their successes, challenges, best practices, proven strategies, industry developments, and more. Please welcome our host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hi, and thank you for tuning in to Stand Out, the podcast all about growing in the organizing and productivity industry. My name is Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. Know, like, trust. These three words are so important when working in our industry. Our clients must just Take that note there. I said the word must. Feel like they know us, trust us, and they must like us if we expect them to consider us or to continue to work with us. How can we get potential clients to know, like, and trust us before they even hire us? With so much noise out there, how can we be heard by potential clients? Today, I'm welcoming Marido Parikh, who has mastered what it means to be known, to be liked, and to be trusted. From professional organizer to productivity coach, Mrithu's last 10 years have been all things efficiency, simplicity, and personal growth, which means more time and space for her two sweet boys, wine, Zumba, snuggles, and other pleasures she cannot live without. On the professional side, she's a keynote speaker, productivity mentor, and best-selling author of Accomplish It, seven simple actions to get the right things done and achieve your goals. Through her company, Life Is Organized, she helps professionals around the world with demanding careers and overachieving mindsets, am I speaking to anyone out there, to beat procrastination, squash overwhelm, and reach their goals. Mridu, welcome to the show. Sarah, I'm so excited to be here. Ah, we have a true professional on. I am just so excited to have you and dig into this meaty topic. I'm so excited to jump into this. There's so much to cover. Uh, So why don't you take our listeners to the beginning of your journey, maybe even before you got into the organizing and productivity space, how the heck did you find yourself here and how did you get to where you're at today? Sure. Yeah. I bet it's a story that a lot of listeners can relate to. I was doing the corporate grind for many years, about 10 years, and I was actually in New York, in New York City. I think that's where you were too earlier. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if anyone knows New York, you know, it is literally the grind. I was working 12 to 14 hour days at a marketing organization. I had a one-year-old son at home that I felt like was being raised by my nanny. And, you know, it was just, it was just not fun. I wasn't really enjoying what I was doing. My husband got an opportunity to move to Nashville, which by the way, at that time was not the it city, not cool. (laughs) I had no desire to go because all of our friends and family were on the East Coast. But he said one thing to me. And he said, you won't have to work. And I was like, sign me up, brother. Let's go. Because I want to you know, be at home with my baby boy. And as the story, as like I said, many may be familiar with, is once I got home, I thought I was living the dream. I started pulling my hair out within six months. I was like, ah, no, I'm not. I, know, I need to be. And I'm not made to be home with him full time. I got to do something else. So since all I knew was corporate, all I knew was that I did not want to go back to that. And I, that's just sort of embarked me, I guess, on my entrepreneurial career. And I can't say, I wish I could say, I just knew it was a calling. It was organizing. They jumped into it, but I did try a couple other things, I think kind of related before that. And then 
lo and behold, one day on HGTV, maybe a dozen years ago, I saw that there was a such thing called a professional organizer. And I was like, I can't believe this is even a thing. And found out about NAPO and got into that and started my career as actually a photo and video organizer. I think maybe even before I'd ever heard of Apo or any of that. And, but slowly or actually rather quickly moved into home organizing. And then from there transitioned into productivity and time management. And primarily because what I realized was that what I was teaching my clients so much about when I was in there helping them with their homes was about how to make the time to actually do it. I was like, well, if we can't prioritize or if we can't find time on your schedule, then how can we even get into the home organizing? So it kind of just naturally evolved and kind of shifted into what I do now, which is productivity, time management, and kind of my targets shifted a bit too for working professionals. I love it. So a lot of our listeners I know right now have just started, they're maybe a year or two into their business. And while being a generalist or working within the home is an amazing career path, people make a lot of money doing that and they're very happy doing that. Some people are in search of their niche. So how long do you think it took you to kind of find the fact that you were kind of all along teaching about productivity. And then it looks on your website, like you really focus on working with high level, like you said, what did you say? You said overachieving mindsets. Yes. Overachieving mindsets. Yes. To help them stay organized and productive. How did you come across that? How long did it take you to get there? Well, honestly, my entire career in organizing, which has been 10 years, not the whole 10 years, but I'd say I really shifted had major shifts about three times. I think this is such an important message, whether you're just starting or you've been in this for 10 years, that we have no idea where our businesses are going to go, right? And so I think it's so important not to be so focused on an end goal or even think of, you know, where will I be in five or 10 years, just sort of move forward and take actions every day because you just don't know where your experiences are going to lead you. You know, as long as you're moving forward, you you will discover it along the way. So I really say my first niche was photo and video organizing. Second niche was home organizing. Although even within that, I got more niched. It was more coaching versus in home. Mm -hmm. And then the third niche now is time management productivity, which I really ramped up about three and a half years ago. So over that whole time, it's been 10 years, you know, it's made three distinct businesses, but all under the umbrella of being more efficient and, you know, helping people just live better lives. And I agree with you. It is an important message, listeners, to know that the reason you're an organizer in productivity is because you love the process of it, right? There's really no end game because during the process of it, you might find yourself like Marie there did, you know, going from photo organizing to maybe home organizing, coaching to now where you're at productivity. I just love our listeners to hear that because so often they struggle or they, they rush to try to find something that it's like, nah, it's all part of the journey. It's all part of this amazing industry we're in. Yeah, absolutely. It's exactly what you said. It's all part of the journey. So enjoy the process and don't feel like you can't move forward or, you know, you procrastinating, taking action because you don't know where it's going to end. Because the truth is, none of us know what that end goal is going to be. Right. And why we're bringing you onto the podcast today, because we could speak to you about so many different aspects within our industry. But the one thing that really stuck out to us on the podcast team was your ability to be known, like, and trusted just from your online presence. And that's really hard to do because there are so many places for you to show up. 
And there's a lot of noise out there where people are like, well, I'm, I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. I have the website thing and I feel like I'm getting nowhere. So we would love to dial in with you and how you've been able to do this and have it actually help your business grow in the ways you want it to grow. Because I'm sure you're very strategic about where you're at today and the jobs that you get hired to do. And that starts with how you show up online. And just to give our listeners a little background, if you go to, and we'll have all this in the show notes, if you want to kind of do a little um, looking into Marithu's professional life and her online presence, if you go to her website, she links you to her YouTube, to Facebook, and even on her website, she keeps you there. But what I love about your site, let's start there, is that it's clean, there's a clear message. And I see you, I believe on every page and you're not looking down. You're like looking at, you're looking at me at the person on your site. So I just feel, and you're smiling and you look very authentic. So can you talk us through what we're going to get into the whole social media thing and all the videos that you make, but let's start with your online home and how you got to make those decisions that you made, making it what it is and why you did those decisions. Yeah, well, it's like everything else. It's also a journey. It's a process. I appreciate the kind words, but I know just like my business, it's always evolving. I'm always in there tweaking. But I'm so glad that you felt sort of attracted to or appealed by, you know, just the visual, the imagery, how I'm looking at you is very intentional and Mm -hmm. deliberate about the type of whether it's the font or the imagery, the style, the simplicity of it. And I think each and every one of us has sort of our own brand, our own personality, the way that we want to show up. And so it's really important that we reflect that in our in our marketing, you know, in our promotions and on our website. And typically the website is one of the first places that your prospects, clients, colleagues are going to go to find out information about you. So to me, that's one of the most important kind of hubs, not to say that it has to be complicated. In fact, I think the simpler it is, the better, because you're right, we, there is so much noise, there's so much clutter. You know, we've all heard those stats, like you only, you get someone's attention within the first, I don't know, three seconds or five right. seconds. So, you know, so it's not that it's important in the sense, like putting a ton of information, you could have just two pages, but it's more just being really clear when you get there, what do I do and who do I do it for? You know, and if you can grab that attention, if you can make that clear to somebody, you're going to grab their attention and then they can make that decision that this is the right place for me or this isn't. Would you say, you mentioned before in your career that you made three major pivots. Would you say that you make just as many, if not more pivots or refreshers or changes on your website to make sure it's reflecting who you are today as a businesswoman in this industry? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it has been three major changes and evolutions of my website. My name has always been the same. Life is organized. But yeah, it's been very different based on who am I targeting, what my message is, what am I trying to get across in terms of what exactly I do. It really does. It really pivots and changes. Which I think is an important message for our listeners that, yes, creating the website, especially when you create it for the first time, it can be a daunting process. Most of us don't have, I don't have the talents of making a website look beautiful. I know what I wanted to get across, but I have to hire someone. And so when you work with someone, there's that time it takes to share your inspiration, what you want it to be with that person, have them create it, go back and forth. But once it's made, it's definitely not a set it and forget it, right? We have to keep active on it, make sure it's reflecting who we are and who we're serving today. Absolutely. I think I was just in there this week uh, yep. tweaking some things that were in there all the time. You're so right. It's not a one and done, 
But certainly when you get the framework and you feel good about I'm, you know, reaching my ideal target, then it's a lot easier to be tweaking along the way. Absolutely. And one thing I want to mention too. So I went to Marithu's blog, which is very clear to see in the top right corner. She has all her little menu items. Then she has her blog. And Marithu, she put a blog up March 3rd, which today is March 10th. So you can tell, and it's very consistent when she blogs. And I think this is going to transition to the rest of our conversation and how you get involved with the media but up to date, you're staying relevant, you're staying active on your home on the web. And that is just as important as what you put in that content that your potential client, your current clients are reading from you. So why is it so important to you to make sure your blog is up to date? So in terms of visibility, in terms of credibility, your consistency is key, right? If people, and you just said it, it's kind of like staying up to date when people know that you're active and you're involved. Again, you're not like you just put it up there once and you let it go, then, you know, it just builds that your, your value and that you're delivering fresh content, that you're engaged, that you really care about your business and about your audience. It also, of course, helps in terms of your like SEO and Google and the, you know, the search, the websites, the search engine, sorry. The more that you update your website, the more likely you are to kind of get a higher ranking. But I would say that's secondary for me. I think for me, it's always been to like stay really engaged, to actively communicate with my audience. And if someone new is coming, just like you looked at it right now, they'll look at it too and say, oh, okay, she's really on top of this. And, you know, she really, really cares about this industry and her business. And, you know, she's just, she's on top of that. Well, I'm sure too that now that you've documented these thoughts, these different, you know, sectors, sections, topics of organizing and productivity, maybe you're having a session with a client and you say, actually, I wrote an article on mental bullies that will destroy you. And then you could send that blog piece to them. That didn't take you any more than you know the five minutes it took you to sit down and search your website and send it their way. So that it's just so multifaceted how beneficial it can be to keep our online home up to date. And with all the things that are going on in our head and we're learning every day and we're, we're networking, we're meeting people, we're reading books and putting all that knowledge onto your website. It's just, I just feel like it's so win-win and it just makes you look like a rock star. It totally does. And it's so leverageable. It's like the easiest asset to leverage. So when I put that on my website, I'm actually then taking that blog and I'm emailing it out to a list. People have opted in for Mm -hmm. something on my site. So I've sent that out every week. Then I always take a little snippet of it and I put it on like a, maybe go to Canva and create a quote and I'll put that on Instagram and put it on LinkedIn. Then I, and then I copy the entire article and create another article on LinkedIn. Then I copy the link and put on Facebook. I mean, it's just, you can just leverage that one asset over and over and over again. And now what I found that I've built up enough of a repertoire there, like I have three and a half years from just the productivity side. Now I can go back to old ones and start repeating those. I think you could do that within just a few months oh, because yeah. people don't remember, right? And then you just start repeating them and putting them so that sometimes, you know, you just need something else. So like post on Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever you are. And you're like, oh, I can go back and grab something from the older ones. So it just becomes this repository of your great information and ideas and thoughts all in one place that you can just continue to leverage over and over. Let's speak to those out there listening who are really good at organizing physical things, or they're really good at organizing, you know, email lists, and those who just don't have that grasp like you do with the blogging and the socialing and the media, which we're going to get into, I promise, listeners. 
because you're a productivity coach as well, Marithu, how do we do all of that? Like you just said, you write the blog post, you send it to your email list, you share it on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. How do you manage the time it takes to do all that? What do you leverage? How do you get it all done, girl? <laughs> oh, great question. Well, like anything else, that's a priority in your business. Like anything else, that's a priority in your life. We've got to actually carve out the time for it. I mean, you know, right? It can sit on that to-do list forever and it can just be sitting there and sitting there and sitting there. But until you actually block out the time and commit to it on your calendar and on your schedule, it's not going to get done. So I even go as far as I typically try to pick a day that I do a lot of my, let's say, outbound marketing. So like this week, actually, today's Tuesday when we're recording this. This was, I did it yesterday. It was my Monday. And yesterday I wrote... I reached out and we can get into this in just a minute, but I reached out to a podcast for a potential interview with them. I reached out to guest blog and I wrote my own blog. So that's a lot of three activities, but they're all outward marketing. And so I do like a marketing Monday is what I call it. And then I, that way, and especially if you're like me, even though I love doing this, I really do. I enjoy it but I also kind of dread it because I know it's a lot of work. Right, It's great for me to get it over with on the Monday. So that's like a productivity tip. I think something that you're dreading, it's like you may have heard that quote, you know, eat your frog first, like, you know, do the most dreaded task first. So it's like something that I tend to maybe put off or other priorities come before it. Now that I finish it off on Monday, I have the rest of my week to focus on everything else in the business. Do you do it every week or can you get enough done on that one Monday for the month? Share with our listeners, like how often you repeat those marketing Mondays. So typically I'd say, you know, the best thing to do is batching, which is like doing several at the same time. But I'll be honest, I can't always get to that because I typically do my Mondays. So I do it every Monday. By the way, if something's happening from traveling or have a conference, I'll switch it to Tuesday or Wednesday, right? It's not like it has to be set in stone, but at least it gives me a roadmap or direction every week and, you know, throughout my month to be planning ahead. So sometimes I can jump ahead and get, let's say, two posts written on the Monday in addition to the guest blog or, you know, it just kind of depends. Or maybe one Monday I'm thinking all I'm going to do is focus on reaching out to podcasts where I can get more visibility and increase my credibility that way. And since it's just a bunch of podcasts and I use some templates for that, I can maybe reach out to five or six on one day. So it kind of just depends on what I'm doing, you know, but I'd say the best way is to try to get, is to like dedicate a time. So start there. So if it's not even a full day, dedicate, start with two hours, you know, and just block off that time. That's really specific for whatever type of promotion or marketing that you're creating. And then the more that you can even extend that, if you can go for a full day or half day, fantastic, because you'll just get more and more done. You gave us so many good little tidbits in there that we are going to unpack, which is reaching out to podcasts and outward marketing and the use of templates. So, but really quick, listeners, we're going to take a quick break, hear a message from Nabo. But when we come back, don't worry, Maritha is going to give us all of her secrets and her tips on how she gets all of this done and how she rocks out those media appearances. We'll be right back. To find out about all of the benefits of joining NAPO from networking, education, free member resources, and more, visit napo.com. All right, we are back. We have Rethro on the on the podcast today talking about all things no like and trusting her to be the guru, to be the go-to expert when it comes to productivity, to make sure that 
corporations and associations are hiring her to do keynote speaking, X, Y, Z. There's so many things that she can do and leverage herself. And she does it through having a beautiful, clear website. We've already discussed that. She keeps her website up to date with her blog and making sure her service offerings are up to date. And then while discussing how she gets all that done, because then she takes those blog posts and she shares it to her email list and to her social media platforms, she mentioned a few things that I think piqued all of our interest, but she reaches out to people to be featured on their podcasts or on their blogs or on you know any other media outlets that are there. So it sounds like, Marie, you don't only, I'm sure you get opportunities brought to you, but you are also reaching out and making sure people know you're there and you're willing to be an expert so that you can appear all over the web and all over, you know, magazines and all these other, you know, media outlets to make sure people know that you are the go-to expert in your industry. So talk to us about that. How do you know who to reach out to and what are some things you focus on to reach out to? So is it only podcasts? Is it only blog posts? Do you do TV? Is it kind of like whatever you can get your hands on? Yeah, so much to answer there. Okay, so here's the first thing. I'm going to just start with this. I'm going to start with like the number one tip or the number one tool to get visibility, to get yourself out there and on TV and in the blogs, on the podcasts and in the magazines. Are you ready for it? Yes. (laughs) This is it. This is it. Okay, Okay, everybody. Okay. This is it. Okay. You have to ask. Have to ask. I can't tell you how many times people maybe they're, they're assuming that these are coming to me, or maybe they're assuming that the one is referring to the other. And I can probably I can tell you probably ninety percent of all of my exposure has been because I have asked. And I think it's so important to start there because I just don't know that everyone is thinking about that enough, that it's it's not going to come to you. It's not that you just put up your website and someone will find you or that you're just going to mention it to friends and family and they'll tell somebody else. You know, you have to go out there and ask. And that's where it all begins. And once you start doing that and once you feel comfortable with it, there is a snowball effect, but not that necessarily everyone's reaching out to you, but that you start feeling more comfortable to reaching out to other places or other people or other publications. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It makes so much sense. Now, obviously you get told yes, because I'm on your website. And if you scroll to the bottom, you have a nice little list of media outlets that you've been featured on, which is great because that shows me like, oh, this woman knows what she's talking about. She's been you know, featured on XYZ. But I want you to share with our listeners, do you ever get told no? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So many times. And in fact, and that's kind of what I mean by that snowball effect. Like once you get into it, you truly just don't care for lack of a better <laughs> word. I just don't care anymore because it's like, okay, that wasn't the right fit. I'll find the next one. Maybe that mm-hmm. one isn't the next one, you know? And at some point somebody's going to say yes. And it's okay because not everyone is the right fit for you and you are not the right fit for everybody else. And the more that you can get comfortable with that, the more media you're actually going to get because you're going to stop procrastinating it or you're going to stop holding yourself back and you're just going to do it with courage and just say, hey, I'll just send this out. No big deal. I've kind of just learned to sort of let go of the outcome. I get really excited when I do get one, but I don't hold on to when I don't because it's just sort of meaningless. That, you know, If it's not the right fit, then it's not the right fit. I would just wait for the one that is. And so absolutely 
get comfortable with hearing no or just not hearing back. And that's actually the beauty of it. A lot of times you just don't hear back. So you don't even have to get that big, like, you know, it's not like getting a college thing where you, where you get right. a, you're like, you're not admitted or whatever. You just, your rejection, you don't even get that. Most of the time you don't hear back. You're like, oh, okay, you know, maybe I'll follow up. I'll follow up one or two times. And if I don't hear back, then it just wasn't the right fit. I love that attitude. And I, I wanted to make sure we let our listeners know that you are a rock star in this space. You're amazing at being featured and collaborating with other professionals, but that, you know, I'm sure there are times when you're not the right fit because that's just the way life and business goes. And if listeners, if you go out there, if you ask and you're told no or you're not responded to, that that is normal and that's okay. Absolutely. It's part of the process. And it would be a little weird, mm-hmm. I think, if every single person you thought, you know, was the right fit for you or that they always thought you were the right fit. It would just, it would yeah, not be normal. So, yeah. Right. So you mentioned the use of a template. And mm-hmm. I'm sure as you're, you know, you are a productivity expert that that helps you save time. But I'm also sure that because you get told yes often that this template is, it helps you save time, but you also, do you curate it to the media outlet that you're reaching out to to make sure that they know what you're referring to, what you want to be involved in, why you want to be involved in it, and anything else that's pertinent to asking for that chance to collaborate with them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I will say this takes some time, right? It takes some research. Wherever you're sending your letter to your request, you need to spend a little bit of time on their website or looking through that magazine or on that TV show or listening to that podcast. And understand like, what are their needs? What is their tone even? Who is their target audience? How can you add value? And I always try to add something that they know that I have spent some time on their site or on that podcast. So I may refer to you know something they mentioned in a previous episode or even sometimes something they might have on their website that's like a personal tidbit about them. I always want to reference something so it doesn't come across as some generic letter. So the template, yeah, it's great because there is a framework. And then of course, you're going to go in there and customize it and personalize it. But it's so great to just have a series. And you can do this on a Google Doc or in a Word document or an Evernote or anywhere. Just as you're creating your emails, start copying and pasting them into a document so that when you do it in the future, you can copy, paste, customize, personalize, and then you know have something to work with again. What is your favorite media outlet? What do you like being on the most? Is it, you mentioned podcasts a few times and know that you have a great YouTube channel, so you're awesome on camera, but I'm sure it's really great too to get featured in blogs. Do you have a favorite? And if so, is it because of the results they get you or just because you feel more comfortable in that space? I actually love this format the most. I love podcasts for so many reasons. Number one, they're typically a longer format than you know an, an article or a mention in a magazine. That might be a paragraph or a few paragraphs, but someone can really know, like, and trust you over a podcast. They get to know you, feel like you're in the living room with them. They could be your best buddy, right? You like really get to know them well. They also have more of an opportunity or a chance to show your leadership or your thought leadership, again, just simply because of the time, right? They have more time, you're asking questions, you're answering questions, and you can just expand on more of your thoughts. You also get to show more of your personality. I just think it's one of the best ways to connect, and I can absolutely tie it back to an ROI in my business. I'd say it's probably my number one way of getting new clients or at least getting them interested in what I am offering. So maybe it's like a freebie on my website or the first chapter of my book or you know, a free class I'm running. 
And the most signups will come directly from that podcast or just even let's get on a free call and have a strategy session. Those will also come from there. So for me, and you know, it's different for everybody. I think that you as an individual just need to test and see what works best for you. There's plenty of people that'll say, you know what, guest posting works best for me or TV works best for me or you know, Facebook Live works best for me. So I think there's just a matter of testing and seeing what works best for you. I know a lot of our listeners and I, I want to be careful that we're not diving into a whole other, you know, episode here, but I know they're asking right now, well, how do you find these opportunities? How do you find the person that you email or that you call, or how do you know what podcast to be on? So what are ways that you find those doors that you can potentially open? We are so lucky to have the access that we all have, right? Like right from our fingertips, from our phone, we can just jump on the Google and just type in whatever it is you're looking for. So for example, in my space, I would literally go to iTunes and type in productivity podcasts, you know, or time management podcasts or women's leadership podcasts or anything that relates to the topics that I want to talk about. And you'll just get a list of them because we know there's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of podcasts or bazillions of blogs or magazines. You can just do a Google search and start from there. And then essentially I just, you know, click on one of them, go over to that site or over that podcast, either take a listen or read, get over to probably that person's website because you know, because their name is there, you go to their website and then do some more research and say, hey, would this be a good fit? Do you think, you know, do they even take guest blogs? Do they even take guests on their podcast? That's where some of the research really comes in. What do they talk about? What topics have they already covered? Because I don't want to repeat those, right? So you want to do something that's new and fresh or take a different spin on something. So that's a time that it takes to sort of research, but really, truly, it just starts with a Google search. I love that you kept it so simple because there are a million ways you could find out, you know, where to appear. You could ask your peers or colleagues where they've appeared and get those contacts. But you're right. The world is really at our fingertips with the Google. (laughs) It can be overwhelming, but also you just got to start. And I will say, so I am just like you listeners. I am a professional organizer. I'm into productivity. I am just like you, but having this wonderful opportunity as a volunteer for NAPO and being the host of this podcast, I will tell you that we are always looking for amazing people to bring on our podcast because we have an interview style podcast. We are always looking for amazing people to have on, but that does not mean just because you write and you say, hey, I'd love to be on the NAPO podcast, period, signed Susie Q. Well, we want to know why. Like, What can you bring to the podcast that's different from our other episodes that we've had? Or what is it? Maybe we know you for one thing, but you also are an expert at appearing on media. So when you reach out, know that people are always looking for content, but also like you said, to do your research and make sure you're letting that person you're reaching out to do the homework for them, right? They're already having to organize the podcast episodes or get the rest of the content for the blog together or what have you. So if you can do some of that homework for them and give them a reason why you should be on, that's going to have them be like, oh my gosh, yes, thanks for doing the homework for us. You'd be great in this slot. Let's move forward. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. The easier that you can make it for whoever's you know, blog you're trying to get on or podcast, the more likely they are to say yes. If they don't have to do the thinking, if you can take the thinking out of it for them, then you know, they're more likely to say, yes, this is easy for me. This is simple. She has a great idea. This is a good fit. But if you're just going to say, hey, we know, what do you think that we could talk about? You know, you're probably going to hear crickets. Right, right. 
And because we have the Google at our fingertips and there's thousands of podcasts and thousands of blogs and tons of TV segments we could be on, radio shows, all that, how do you avoid distractions and focus on those media appearances that matter most? Do you have a target number for the year? How do you balance the actual working with clients and that exchange there with expertise for people who need what you have to offer and appearing in the media? How do you balance that? When do you know it's enough, not enough? Well, I love that you mentioned, do I have a number? And so I find uh, the way that I work best is for whenever I have a goal, I have to quantify it in some way because otherwise it just sort of, I don't know, falls by the wayside. So it's like, you know, I do have a number. I try to reach a certain amount every month. So maybe mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I'm going to try to reach out to, you know, five podcasts every month. And that way, sometimes it ends up being once a week on my Monday. Sometimes I can do all five on one day. You know, it just sort of depends on what my schedule is like, but I know that I'm trying to reach a target. For me, like having that as a goal really helps to just motivate me and like know I'm like reaching for something. I keep it organized really simply, like on a spreadsheet, like here are the five or the four that I'm going to reach out to because I've done some research. You know, I went and Googled it and found some that sound great. I'm going to go research them and I'm going to reach out to them. So on that spreadsheet, it just basically says like, here are the podcasts. The next column is I think their contact information, did I reach out, did I hear back, and did I follow up? And I think that's really it. So it's maybe five columns, a simple spreadsheet, and that's a really great way to keep it organized. Keep it organized and make sure that you are not forgetting that media is important, but also not getting so wrapped up in being featured because it's super fun to be featured. But we also have to remember that we're doing this to serve an audience or someone in particular and to help people. And well, you're doing that too by appearing on media, but you know what I mean? Making sure that you are the reason, the end goal for appearing on the media is still at the forefront of your business. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to add value. You can get as many yeses as possible, but if you're not adding value to that medium, to that publication, it's a bit meaningless, right? People mm-hmm. aren't going, you're not going to drive the traffic you want. You're not going to continue to get the visibility and you're really going to let down that host or you know whoever it is that you're trying to serve. Okay. So let's be real here. I already know the answer because you actually already kind of said it, but I want to bring it home here. Appearing in media does it help you focus on revenue generating activities? Is there actually money being put into your pocket by keeping media at the forefront or as a part of your holistic business strategy? Absolutely. And I love that you use the word holistic because I definitely think of it as a long-term strategy. There are short-term benefits for sure, right? If you can, let's say, get on a guest blog or you're on a someone else's interview and at the end you have a sign-off, you say, hey, come on over for my free resource, you may immediately get a few, you know, dozen people or a hundred people, whatever it is, signing up. So yes, there's that immediate short-term benefit. But really, you're looking at this as a long-term game because someone can pick up that article or that blog or that podcast a year later, two years later, and listen to it and then connect with you or Mm -hmm. refer you to someone else or could start to follow you or think about you for the next conference or, you know, bring you in for something else. And so it's just, it's not just about today. Definitely isn't. I would say it's for sure for me, like the long-term strategy and why you need to think of this more than just like the here and now. This is like, if you're thinking of your business, again, we don't have to know exactly where it's going to end up, just like we said in the beginning. But if you're thinking of it as like, this is something I'm going to stick with, this is a real true business, then some type of media exposure and visibility should absolutely be part of your long-term strategy. Fantastic advice. Thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners. 
if you had to sh- leave our listeners with two sticky notes, so two little notes they can put on their me- bathroom mirror or their office wall as a takeaway from you to them today, what would those two sticky notes say? It would say, if you want to increase your value, your credibility, your visibility, there's really just comes down to two things, just two. And these are the two things up in the sticky note. Number one, you have to ask. And number two, don't have fear. Mm. Don't worry about, again, like we said, the outcome or the nose, or I'm not hearing back. Just do it with confidence. Just don't be you know, tied to you know, where it's going to lead you. Just have to ask and do it without fear. So good. Where can our listeners find more about you and stay connected with you? Well, come on over to my website, just lifeisorganized.com. And I'm very active on the Facebook and over on LinkedIn. And if you want to join me on a killer free tool, I have one called 21 Killer Productivity Hacks. And that's lifeisorganized.com forward slash hacks, H-A-C-K-S. Amazing. All right, listeners, how about you? How many media outlets are you going to pitch this week? This week, let's do it. Let's at least do one or two, two if you're a rock star. What else can you do to make a change in your business for the better that you learned from Rithu today? Are you going to be more fearless to put yourself out there and to make sure that your potential clients and your current clients know, like, and continue to trust you? I'm Sarah Karakayan. That wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thanks so much for being here with me, learning with me. If you like this podcast and you're able to walk away with some sort of inspiration or something valuable, please leave us a review, hit that subscribe button because we want to reach as many organizing and productivity pros as possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us that review, please feel free to share this in every episode with your colleagues, your team, or whoever else might benefit. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for today's episode of Stand Out, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net To join, learn more about our educational offerings, local chapters, and more.